Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Folds, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Monday, February 28th, twenty. 22 in the Gregorian calendar and the 27th of Adar 5782 in the Hebrew calendar. Now, let's get to the news. We have all the Ukraine, Russia, Israel news for you as it relates to us here in the Holy Land. So we're going to give you a roundup first before doing anything else. The Jewish Agency for Israel is receiving thousands of inquiries from Ukrainians who want to immigrate to Israel. Since Russia's invasion into Ukraine began five days ago, the Jewish agency has set up emergency hotlines to answer questions about the immigration process. As of today, there are 200,000 Ukrainian Jews eligible to immigrate to Israel under the law of return, which is called in Hebrew, Aliyah. It requires a person to have at least one Jewish grandparent in order to receive Israeli citizenship. During a phone call with Russian President Vladimir Putin on Sunday, Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett proposed Israel mediate for Russia and Ukraine. The idea was first presented by Ukraine's Jewish president, Volodymyr Zelensky. According to the Kremlin, Putin informed Bennett that Russia has sent a delegation to southern Belarus to conduct peace talks with Ukraine already. President Zelensky is the one who first proposed the idea of an Israeli mediation that was on Friday, citing that the country's ready for peace talks. Bennett initiated the call with Putin and informed both the United States and Ukraine before and after the call on Sunday that it was going to happen, and the call was just 20 minutes long. Putin did not give an official answer, and experts say it's unlikely that anything will come from the efforts of Israel to mediate. Yad Vashem, which is Israel's National Holocaust Memorial Center, said on Sunday it deplores the Russian invasion of Ukraine and condemned Nazi rhetoric being used in both regimes. The world's two other leading Holocaust museums, the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum as well as the Auschwitz Memorial and Museum, were quicker and even more strong in their responses. However, Yad Vashem held back from outwardly assigning blame. I'll read the statement directly to you from their website because it's quite brief, so I can read the whole thing. Yad Vashem deplores the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which will inevitably lead to dire consequences. We fear in particular for the well-being of innocent civilians and deplore any deliberate endangerment of their safety. Moreover, the propagandist discourse accompanying the current hostilities is saturated with irresponsible statements and completely inaccurate comparisons with Nazi ideology and actions before and during the Holocaust. Yad Vashem condemns this trivialization and distortion of the historical facts of the Holocaust. Israel is leaning towards supporting a UN resolution later this week that will condemn Russia for invading Ukraine. Experts say the resolution is almost certain to pass the UN General Assembly. According to an Israeli official, the UN Security Council voted on Sunday for the General Assembly to convene in a rare emergency session, though the vote for this resolution is not scheduled to be on the agenda for that meeting. Some in Israel are pushing for an abstention 
to the vote when the vote should come. Israel has been balancing its close ties with both Russia and Ukraine during this tense time of war. In light of that news, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett reportedly politely and diplomatically declined when Ukrainian President Zelensky asked the Holy Land to provide military aid. The Friday phone call, according to Israel's public TV channel Khan, included a request from Zelensky for assistance with military implements and weapons. During a Friday phone call with Bennett, the Khan public broadcaster reported this. The request did not get into specifics about which weapons or equipment was required or asked for. They say it was more of a general request for military help, which ultimately Bennett did not really respond to. An Israeli-Ukrainian is gearing up to go back to Ukraine to help in the war efforts. Born in Kiev, Sergei Nowitzki immigrated to Israel as a child and served in an IDF, or Israel Defense Force, combat unit. Now he's decided to go back to his home country of Ukraine and fight on the front lines against Russia. Although Nowitzki identifies as Israeli, he tells reporters he finds the images coming out of Ukraine disturbing. His mother, grandmother, and aunt all live in Israel, but his father still lives in Ukraine. Nowitzki says his father is doing all right. Besides for that, he also has a child in Ukraine from a former marriage. Nowitzki says there are various Israelis willing to fight on the front lines. As of now, they are all waiting until they can take defensive equipment across the borders. We'll give you more updates on that. In the meantime, I've reached out to Nowitzki directly to ask him to confirm any details from this report and to let us know if he's on his way and what is going to happen. If you are getting caught up on your Israel daily news, we'd like you to consider sending over a monthly contribution at, at anchor.fm slash Israel daily news slash support. The financial support that we get from, subscribe, from subscribers helps us maintain our show and it helps us continue to grow and try to reach new audiences. Subscribers will get a handwritten thank you note and a little poem that I write myself to let you know how thrilled we are to have your support. Thank you for your interest in Israeli affairs, Israeli politics, our world politics. We have one link in the show notes. When you click on that, it'll take you to our link tree, and we have multiple links there. You can find the page to make a contribution, and you can feel good knowing that you're supporting independent journalism. Check us out at israeldaily.news. That's where we have our main website. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcast. Two, you can share the show with a friend. And three, you can follow us on Facebook at IsraelDaily.News. You can follow me personally at Shanna Fold. My name has two N's in it, and I'm very sensitive about that. You can also follow us on Twitter at Israel Podcast. And you can sign up for our newsletter on the website, like I mentioned, IsraelDaily.News. Nearly two years after the police shooting of Iyad Halak, a Palestinian man with autism, the trial on the border police officer who shot him officially opened Sunday, so that's yesterday. On May 30th, 2020, Halak walked his regular route to his school for special needs students in East Jerusalem. That same morning, border police officers were notified of a terrorist in the area, those officers saw Halak and thought that his black cell phone was a potential weapon. When they tried to question him, he got scared and ran away. This is when the officers chased him and shot him in the abdomen. 
They then followed him, asked his caretaker a question, and then one of his officers shot him in the upper body and killed him. Halak's family was devastated and then frustrated at the slow legal process and the rate of proceedings. Halak's father tells the Jerusalem Post, they're stringing us along from procedure to procedure. All we want is for the officer who killed our son to be tried. The law office of Efrat Nahami Bar, the police officer's defense attorneys, say the officer, quote, acted in a fast-paced, stressful operational incident, end quote. The incident, when it first happened, caused a global outcry as it came right around the same time as the killing of George Floyd in the United States, and citizens were calling for an end to police brutality, specifically at this time. The next hearing is set to take place May 9th. The Religious Services Ministry has raised 19.2 million shekels, or $5.9 million, for its new project called The Empowerment of Sabbath in Israeli Society. The funding for this project is split between the ministry itself, the Religious Services Ministry, and an NGO called She'arim, which aims to bring more Jewish life to Israel. Recent campaigns from this organization are calling on secular families to stop using technology on Friday night and Saturday in order to observe the Sabbath. The campaign is called Shabbat Unplugged, or at least that's what the campaign was called years back. They're still running it. Organizers say Shabbat is a national asset, and they hope it will become the center of Israeli society. The latest efforts of the initiative propose that Shabbat can be an opportunity to increase social life and even contribute to helping protect the environment by not using electricity, and they're calling it Green Shabbat. While many religious Jews support this, Sharim was chosen without a public bidding process, leaving many secular organizations feeling skeptical. They feel that this is simply a way to promote more religious practice among the public. Others criticize that the government should not be raising or spending $6 million on getting people to become more religiously observant. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Monday, February 28th, 2022. Tel Aviv has a low of 9 degrees Celsius and a high of 19 degrees. That's 48 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 67 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. I also usually add a few personal anecdotes so you can get the inside scoop on what's going on in my life. And I always mention highlights, professional highlights for the Israel Daily News podcast, things that we're working on. You can sign up for our newsletter on our website at israeldaily.news. If you want to see photos and videos of anything specific, please sign up for our newsletter. Reach out to me. Check on my Instagram story or Facebook story. And whenever we have special reports, I am publishing photos there. Thank you to Michelle Milner for her social media work. And a big thanks to our interns, Perry Schwartz and Erit Skulnik, who wrote some of today's stories. I'll be sending you off today with a song called Makom Prati by Idan Tamler. Have a great and productive day and an excellent week. דרך עשן המכוניות ובין צפיפות הבניינים את קרן שמש שתגן על התמימות
ששם בפנים הזיקוקים של הילדות הפכו לזיכרון ישן אורות גדולים שנשרפו ומה נשאר לנו עכשיו? תגידי את האם עדיין יש לאן לרוץ? רוצה למצוא מקום פרטי Thank you. 